Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. I am Jake Mastriani, and I will be the host for this episode, uh, episode 13 of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Uh, Today, we have a host of people on with us from the Tomahawk Take staff. As always, we have Alan. Hello. And Fred. Hi there. And also joining us this week, we have Kyle. Hola. James. Hello. And Logan. Howdy. So we had planned to record this podcast tonight during our fantasy baseball draft uh, as the some of the, the writers at Tomahawk Take all did a are doing a fantasy baseball uh, league this year. But uh, because the season has been delayed, we've decided to delay our draft as well. But I want to go ahead and take this opportunity while we have everybody here and everybody had planned for it uh, for everybody to kind of talk about it and, and kind of vent and cry together. Uh, with the season being delayed. So Major League Baseball has decided to cancel the rest of spring training games and delay the start of the regular season uh, for at least two weeks. Talking beforehand, I think a lot of us believe that it'll actually be a little longer than that, but that's what Major League Baseball has uh, started with and made their decision. You know, And obviously, once a lot of other sports started suspending their season, Major League Baseball uh, pretty much had no choice but to follow suit. Uh, it's probably the right decision, and uh, you don't don't want to really get into the virus conversation and, and the coronavirus because I'm not a doctor. I don't know the full impact of it and what that means. But certainly I wanted to discuss the decision by Major League Baseball to postpone the season. And Alan, I'll go to you first. I know you wrote an article on this earlier today, but go ahead and kind of give us your thoughts on the delay of the season and what kind of impact it'll have. Well, I went ahead and started uh, talking about the the delay in terms of April 9, which is the presumptive current target for the new starting date of the season. I don't know that anybody really believes that that's going to happen that date, though. And the concern I've got is that the longer this thing goes, the bigger the impacts, the bigger the economic impacts on everybody who has to be brought together in order to make baseball happen, and the uh, the impacts to the players themselves who have to get ready again and, and may have to effectively go through an entirely new spring training, depending on how, how things are going. Right now, we've got sort of a consensus, it seems, that players will probably hang around their spring camps and continue to do workouts and batting cage drills and bullpen sessions and maybe inter-squad games and stuff like that going along. But I got to wonder how long that they'll themselves put up with that kind of stuff and until they start trickling away and going home and going back to their home countries and perhaps getting out of shape again. So it, it, it's kind of a interesting dynamic. This is a road that we've not been down before. It's going to be a wait and see, unfortunately, on everything we are hearing because we've got government entities around the country imposing their own different local rules, which are going to in turn have impacts on the game itself as well. 
if if you're told you can't have a congregation of 250 or more in any particular locale, how in the world are you going to have a baseball game unless you're doing it in front of an empty stadium? So a lot of decisions going to have to be made, a lot of things that, that still need to be uh, brought to bear before we can even think about having baseball again. But uh, right now we're in wait-and-see mode. Yeah, and Fred, I know you were talking beforehand, um, you know, about certain uh, cities, states that, you know, are already talking about no big events until May. Um, you know, how long do you think this may drag out for? Well, it, typically these, and again, I'm not a doctor, I'd leave play one on television. Typically these are six to eight week spans of things, but we don't know when we're going to hit that peak. Uh, and uh, Morosi uh, tweeted out a nice little thing. If everybody washes their hands and, and keeps everything clean and, and obeys all the rules, then the medical system will be able to handle it. Um, if they don't, then we're going to see a, a spike like happened in Italy uh, and is happening in France and other places. And that was uh, Morosi sent that out earlier today. Governor of Illinois, uh, there's a tweet on the net that said the governor of Illinois, uh, J.B. Pritzker, announced that he's contacted the owners of all Illinois-based sports franchises, and they've canceled or postponed live events through at least one May, added that all owners agreed immediately. So there's no baseball in Chicago until the end of April or until uh, after the month of April. And California and New York, California is probably going to get on board. New York is certainly going to get on board because of the amount of uh, people in the area and the, the way that uh, it's used as a major port. So I think that this is I would be wouldn't be surprised if we had a three and a half month season in the end of this. By the time you ramp people up because you can't hang around, keep them hanging around. Northport or, well, I don't know, the Diamondbacks say they're going to keep their players there and keep them clean and safe, but players are going to want to go home. Like Alan said, they're going to want to worry about their families, take care of everything there. So I don't know how if you can keep them there for another six weeks. Uh, and the minor league players that are there, they, they're not going to be paid. Nope. In fact, no player is paid until the season starts. So the minor league players particularly are hurting for this. The people who run the camps are hurting for this. The the, the people who make their money from the from the arenas are hurting from this. But I, I don't think it happens at the earliest before the middle to the end of June. Uh, and that that's going to make a big financial impact on teams that have low uh, low budgets in, anyway. They're just not going to make a lot of money this year. And the, the teams are going to be bad. And it's going to mess up all the contract issues. So there's a, this is a Gordian knot of a mess. We had to do it, but it's not going to be easy to remedy, uh, and it's not going to happen quickly. Yeah, no, certainly there's going to be a lot of stuff that has to be figured out, and I think that's going to come in the next couple of weeks. I think we'll probably get updates, you know, every weekly or so until they finally figure this out. But, yeah, I would not be surprised at all to see this get delayed through April for sure. Kyle, I'll go to you now and kind of get your thoughts on, on the season being delayed and, and what kind of ramifications that could have on the the baseball season Uh, i just want to start off by saying i feel like i had the best timed spring training trip of all time i get there on sunday watch a game stay through tuesday watch two more and i leave by the time i get back they they've canceled everything yeah you were certainly one of the lucky i've seen lucky people i've seen certain people a lot of people on twitter say that they had plans to go there i was actually going to be in san diego for uh the Braves series there to start off the season and Obviously, that's not happening now. So, yeah, you certainly got down there and out of there uh, in, the, in, a, in a good time. Yes, I was very fortunate. And on the season, ramifications, I just 
I feel that a lot of this is not going to be felt right away, obviously. But in a few months, a lot of those cities, especially the smaller cities like, say, I don't know. I don't want to say Kansas City. I was trying to think of a small market like Tampa. Like, think about all the businesses around there that depend on baseball for money. When those fans don't come to the games, how many people are not going to be working or not going to be making money in that time? It sucks not having baseball. Like, I love the game, obviously. But at the end of the day, I think the economic impact is the biggest issue. And, of course, people being healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said at the top, the right decision, the decision that baseball had to make, um, you got to think about the safety of, of everybody here. But, you know, as a baseball fan, you know, somebody who's not just a myself, I, I'm also a huge college baseball fan and follow it closely to not have a college World Series this year. Uh, it's, you know, disappointing to say the least. But, yeah, it's a decision that, that had to be made as far as Major League Baseball. James, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the season being suspended, uh, how everything's kind of gone down? Well, well, just like everybody else, obviously, we all knew this was kind of coming after the NBA started this all last night. Um, from a selfish standpoint, I had tickets to an early Braves game, so I was hoping it wouldn't happen, but obviously it did. And uh, as you said, I, I feel bad for college players, seniors particularly, who now don't know if they've played their last game ever, and it was just unexpected. Also, I, I you know, there's a fear in the back of my head with all this. If we start, say, June 1st, Everybody's been clamoring, it seems like, for a shorter baseball schedule. Well, well, we have a shorter schedule from here on out, and just every—it's just as everybody else has said, it's just—it's a ramification of a bunch of things that are going wrong, and there's a lot of answers that we don't have yet, and we'll have to play it by ear and see how it goes. Yeah, the uncertainty here is, you know, something that I, I don't troubling is not the right word. There's bigger issues going on, but there are real world financial impacts. I mean, you talk about the college players, you know, my, that, that's one of the biggest things for me as somebody who loves college sports is, you know, what do you do for these players who not everybody's going to go pro um, and get drafted. A lot of these guys, this is their last chance to play a team sport uh, with their team playing what they love. And, and that's been ripped away for a lot of them. So, you know, I really hope that something's done about that you know, whatever needs to be done to, to let those those kids go out, you know, the way that they should. Um, and even as a, as a Hawks fan, I know last night that uh, there was a big to-do with Vince Carter. It could be his last ever game. Uh, I saw where he hit a three in, in the last seconds, which is pretty neat if that is going to be his, his last game. But, yeah, a lot of, a lot of impact going around and uh, just a lot of uncertainty as well. So, uh, Logan, we'll, we'll wrap up this topic on you. Kind of what are your, are your overall thoughts on the suspension of the season for now and how, how you see this playing out? Well, my biggest concern when I first heard the news was the players ramping up for season and not having the timetable. Like, what is the definite date for the season to start? Like, when do they need to start ramping up again? You know, we just got starting pitchers to five innings, and a lot of our hitters are, you know, just got their – first games with like three or more at that so you worry about like how does that affect them not being able to play in live games anymore will they do simulated games games against each other what goes on in that aspect was my biggest concern personally and again that just goes with kind of the uncertainty of not knowing where it's when the season's actually going to begin and and once they do figure that out you know then are they going to extend spring training to a couple of weeks to get these pitchers back up to speed. You know, that's why I really think the season won't start till at least May, because I think once they 
do finally get the all clear and hopefully this is calmed down that they'll have to figure out something in order to to get the specifically the pitchers ready to go again so we'll see how how that all plays out you know over the next couple of weeks i would expect us to like i said get updates and hopefully we'll have a clearer path and more certainty on what's to come but part of me thinks this is gonna get drawn out a lot longer than than we're hoping as as big baseball fans we we wait for this all year and who knows when it's actually gonna gonna happen now but again hey, understand. yep go ahead Alan. you guys have made me think about something else that i hadn't thought of before and that has to do with the high school and college kids who've now been shut down how are they going to be drafted this is going to be very interesting to watch the draft come out up in June because you've got scouts who have barely seen these guys as seniors in their respective uh, universities. We, we were talking earlier about the possibility that maybe some of these guys might get another el- year of eligibility or something. College seniors, I don't think, can really afford to do that. They're already sort of behind the eight ball in terms of their age. So if they're going to be drafted, they, they really need to go ahead and come on out and and be, start the professional career if that's their destiny but yet they missed an entire year or most of a year in preparation for that and like say some of these high school kids too that uh, we've barely gotten some notes on over the last couple of years perhaps scouts are going to have to just go with their gut on them so it's going to be a fun season to see the draft come out up in June and see what uh, some of these teams do for that yeah, that's if they draft in June Right. I've heard talk of people already, you know, wanting to push back the draft because scouts have been sent home by a lot of teams. So, you know, they're not going to have hardly any information on, on a lot of these guys. So I wouldn't well, be surprised if we see the draft pushed back. Well, pushed back to it. what? Because they're not going to play anymore until next next February or so, right? So Well, but you still have – there's for college, they play in a lot of summer leagues. Um, for high school players, they it go won't to, be that many to a summer lot of summer leagues. Yeah, summer leagues, travel ball, area code games, a lot of that's going to get shut down too. So, well, yeah. I, I'm assuming, you know, thinking optimistically and assuming that things are back good by then. And if that's the case, then there'll be plenty of opportunities for, for them to play in the summer. Maybe we get our first ever MLB combine like the NFL. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. I want to see the catcher's 40-yard dashes. <laughs> All right, um, before we kind of move on to some of the roster stuff, any other thoughts on the, the suspension for the season? I wouldn't say this is directly related to suspension, but I just want to say, like, last night watching the NBA game was a very surreal experience. Just knowing that it was going to be canceled and knowing what that probably meant for the MLB was just interesting. Yeah, and I'll say even today, I mean, the Braves game wasn't on TV, but just listening on radio and, hearing Ben Ingram say we don't know when we're going to call a game again we don't know when the next time another game will be and it was you know kind of a a sad and like you said surreal experience just not knowing when there will be another baseball game played so uh, but yeah you know obviously last night when the news broke with with the NBA and everything it was constantly just looking at Twitter and, and seeing it and just really not not believing what was happening and and knowing that it would eventually come to baseball as well I, I see the braves have arranged for people to either get credit or get their money back if you had tickets for spring training games 
there's a tweet out there that tells you how to do it. But basically, if you purchase single season tickets, will be ref- or single game tickets, will be refunded. If you're in one of their special clubs, you'll either get credit for next year's season ticket or your money back. So they've come up with things, and all these clubs are going to have to do that. You know, my son lives in Oklahoma City now, and, and his uh, in-laws have uh, season tickets to the Thunder. And they were going to come up for the game, but granddad was sick, so they didn't come up. And uh, they were on the floor when they canceled it. Like he said, that was a, it just rips the heart out of you if you're a sports fan to be at, be at a place to expect with the buildup and excitement and not have it there. Uh, so it's it's going to be hard on the fans but and the players, but the real real issue is here, how, how well will they recover from this? And we'll find out in the end just how how good the leadership is uh, if, and see how they come out when they how they come out of this if they come out of it looking like they've got a plan then you know maybe it'll be better in the long term that they've actually had to work together instead of fighting well let me also say this you know what about the small market teams like the kansas cities the tampas the pittsburgh they're gonna lose money obviously this year are they gonna spend not that they spent any money already but think about next year's free agency and all that good stuff they're not gonna spend all these all these one-year free agents that the reds signed up and uh, the Braves signed up and uh, the Rays have signed up and you've got money committed here. Uh, the th- it's not going to be spent until the season starts. You're not going to get the full 18 million because it's a six month season and it's prorated over the length of the season. So, I, um, you know, uh, I don't know how this is going to work out, but it's going to be a mess uh, between the union and the league and the teams to keep everybody afloat. But feeding these kids uh, that are playing in the minor league and living on living on no money, that's going to be an issue. You can't let them wander away and lose the game or you'll lose them completely. Yeah, and this is something I was thinking about earlier, and I think it's kind of what James was talking about. You know, what does this do to the free agency next offseason? Are teams going to say, you know, we can't spend as much now because we lost revenue during the season? Um, so are free agents going to have to accept lesser money? Are our owners going to try to use that as an excuse? You know, I, I don't know. That's That's yet to be seen, but definitely something else to to keep in mind and and keep an eye on yeah something i mentioned in what i wrote today is uh, dovetails off of what fred wrote about last week on the battery atlanta being a big source driving the upsurge in payroll for the braves well if nobody's coming to the battery atlanta then maybe we can't spend as much next year as we'd hoped well all the yeah all the event my son had tickets to like six different concerts and all those concerts are canceled, Rolling Stones uh, and others. That rather, it's, it's all it's all canceled. The worst part of it is the ticket people aren't giving the money back yet. They'll have to eventually. But if you're not having concerts and there's nobody coming to the concert center, there's nobody eating at all those restaurants around there, and uh, they're still going to get rent, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be awful uh, for the people who are the waitresses and the club staff and the people who live there. The millionaire baseball players, they'll be all right. Uh, it's the minor league kids and the people who support the stadium with the you know, the vendors and the, the people who serve in the restaurants and cook in the restaurants and all around the league in the small towns, uh, Cincinnati, in the small markets like Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be really, really rough. Take care of the Walter Banks of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of teams already say that they're going to try to take care of their staff. Uh, I know in the NBA, you know, Mark Cuban said he was going to take care of their their staff and make sure that they get paid. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of baseball teams will probably hopefully follow suit with that as well. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do for the, the minor leaguers, but you know, hopefully they do something for them um, too, to make sure that they get paid and get the money they need. 
for the money they thought they were going to be getting because uh, obviously this is out of their control so yeah just you know a whole lot of ramifications and that are going to come out of this and a lot of uncertainty at the moment Let's kind of turn our attention to some actual baseball and on the field stuff. And I think the first thing I wanted to mention is Felix Hernandez, because, you know, I think I brought this up, you know, in our group chat earlier today. You know, what does what does this do for somebody like Felix Hernandez, who was pitching well, trying to get a roster spot? And now if the season gets pushed back into May, maybe the Braves don't need him quite as much anymore. So, uh, Logan, I want to go back to you first and just kind of open it up you know what are your you know your overall thoughts on Felix Hernandez you know do you think he's deserving of the spot on the Braves roster do you think this delay in the season will have any effect on that seeing what we have in spring training from Felix I'd say he's definitely if the season were to start at normal time he was a front runner for one of the final rotation spots but Something you have to consider now with opening day being pushed back is Cole Hamill and his timetable. Will Cole Hamill be available? You know, it's highly likely he could be back by the time the season starts. And that takes away one more possible pitching rotation spot from Felix. And then you look at, you know, competition comes down between him and Kyle Wright, in my opinion, from what we've seen so far. There's a possibility in my eyes that he could still take that final roster spot and Kyle Wright could be sent back down to triple A, but it's definitely something to, you know, pay attention to how this could affect Felix and his chances. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I've said on or said on the site many times, you know, I, I I love Felix Hernandez. I'd love to see him make a comeback with the Braves, but Kyle Wright is every bit of deserving of getting that spot from what we've seen in spring training. And, you know, I think Wright obviously has more upside at this point in his career, and I don't really want to see him get held back by that. But, uh, James, what are your, your thoughts on Felix and, and the final uh, rotation spots? Well, certainly by the way he's pitched so far in spring training, he, he probably has earned one of the five starting spots to open the year. However, as we just mentioned, I don't see any way Felix beats both Newcomb and Kyle Wright. Maybe, perhaps, him and the Braves can find middle ground and He'll go down to Gwinnett, and the first time there's a chance he can come up, maybe he can come up and continue this little magical run we've had so far in March. But uh, in my eyes, I don't see how he starts the year in Atlanta no anymore. I didn't already, but especially now. Yeah, and, and it's tough, too, because I, I think Felix is, you know, he's at a point in his career, I don't think he wants to go back to AAA. I think if that were to come to that, uh, he'd probably ask to be, be moved to a different team where he, he could get a, spot in a rotation because like we've talked about I think he's pitched well enough and shown enough in spring training that he can he can be in a rotation you know but fortunately the Braves are in a spot where they have a lot of good arms and uh, may not may not need him so uh, Cal what are your your thoughts on the the rotation like everyone's pretty much said I think if the season started as scheduled he would for sure certainly have a spot in the rotation but if it, if it goes to May, as we have feared, I just can't see what I have him in there. Like, I watched him pitch on Tuesday against the Red Sox. He looked great. But I just you can't keep Cole Hamels out of there. And I've been a big fan of Newcomb for years. I feel like he got really kind of a raw deal last year, getting hit in the head with a line drive in his first start of the season. 
I think he's going to be a good starter if he gets his chance. And same with Kyle Wright. Yeah, no, I really like what I've seen from Kyle Wright. And, you know, I, I'm a, I think Newcomb's looked really good as well. He's done everything that he needed to do to show that he, he deserves a spot. You know, I think he's definitely in there as one of those top four. You know, I think it's between Wright and, and Felix for that last spot. Um, and obviously when Hamels comes back, I'm just going to push one of, one of some of them or one of them out. Um, uh, Fred, what are your your thoughts on the on Felix and the rotation? Who do you think is deserving of that last spot? Well, I've I've been on the Kyle Wright bandwagon since we signed him. I I thought he had a he, he had a tough, rough transition year, but uh, Wright stuff is really great. And I thought I said on here earlier, and I've I've written that uh, I think Wright Wright's got a really really nice career in front of him. He's going to be a a solid two or three pitcher. For a long time, and I think uh, while today David O'Brien said somewhere on 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 the, in one of his chats that he thought it would he thought it was uh, going to be Newcomb and uh, Newcomb and Felix to start the season. The problem with that is uh, that when when Hamels comes back, you then have uh, three bit three lefties in there in the uh, rotation, and there's not much offset in between that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that that's what the Braves want. I, on the other side of this, is strictly speaking for Felix, uh, I didn't think Felix would pitch this well, and I'm not sure this whether this is Felix pitching well or it's a mirage. I wish it would. I hope it's he's pitching that well, but I think the Braves will do what they do for veterans. In other words, they signed Felix and said he would have a fair shot at it. If he comes back and is still pitching that way, it hurts nothing to give him that shot. And let Wright go down and and, and uh, Felix sit in that fifth spot in the rotation, and then if somebody something somebody stumbles, um, the uh, uh, Wright can come back up. I think that the Braves' history is uh, that uh, veterans are taken care of pretty well when they're given a chance. I mean, if they want if he wants to release, I'm sure he'll get it. If or they'll try to find him a home. I, for example, think Houston would grab him because they don't have any pitching depth beyond. Grinky and Verlander, and Verlander's out, uh, and their their prospects aren't very prospective right now. So, uh, man, I know they brought McCullers back, but that's still that's not it. I think that they would grab him in a New York minute, and I think that if the Braves couldn't find a home for him, they would uh, facilitate a trade to a uh, to somewhere like Houston, where he would get a job in a in a team on a team that's going somewhere or has a chance to go somewhere this year. Um, I think that's the Braves' history, and I think that's what they'd do. You know, that's why I think the delay of the season will have such a big effect on him because, uh, like a lot of you have said, you know, I think he was going to get that rotation spot to start the season. Um, and as you alluded to, Fred, I, I think that's how they would have handled him as the veteran. Uh, and with Wright having options, um, you can send him down to AAA and, and uh, see if, you know, like you said, if what we've seen from Felix in, in spring training carries over into the regular season because maybe he is just, you know, he a lot of his games – we're at home during spring training, which means he's facing uh, a lot of the backups. So uh, I wanted to see in the regular season if what we've seen in spring training was for real. And it seemed like he was going to get at least four or five starts um, in April to kind of figure that out and, and show it to us. But now that might not happen. If the season doesn't start till May, he may only get one or two starts before Hamels is ready. We may not get that big sample size. So, so I don't know, uh, Alan. What are your your thoughts on the Felix situation? I was already wondering openly whether he was 
really there for a long-term stint anyway because these guys were looking ready. Honestly, I think that Wright and Newcomb have uh, essentially surprised the Braves because Felix was brought in as an insurance policy just in case one of them really didn't do well or a faulty faltered or somebody else got hurt or something. Well, somebody got hurt, but now he's going to be better. And now there's no longer a place for him. So I'm I'm with uh, Fred. I think that uh, he's going to get moved. Uh, I don't know where, but uh, Houston's as plausible as anything. The Yankees are another possibility, I suppose. I think that there's possibilities that are going to be out there. But given that there's going to be a delay, we're going to probably hang on to him until the last minute because we want to make absolutely sure everybody's right and everybody's whole and because you're going to have to ramp up again. So there's another possibility for more injuries. So we'll have, have to wait on that. But I, I do think that uh, he is, his future is elsewhere. Yeah, and that's another thing to consider too. I mean, with the season being delayed, you know, we don't know who's going to get hurt. We don't know exactly what's going to happen between now and then. And when pitchers try to ramp things back up, you know, there's a good possibility uh, of somebody getting injured. So, yeah, I definitely think nothing will happen until, you know, later once we get more clarity on when the season will start. But, you know, as things stand now, uh, you know, if the season didn't start till May, I think Felix is, is probably the odd man out there in, in the rotation. But And that, that happened when Wright got essentially promoted to starts. Because he obviously had been impressing some people, and he got a couple of late starts, and he is not disappointed. So, yeah. Let's move to the other position battle uh, in spring training. Uh, and that's at third base. And you got, you know, another good situation, just like the, the last couple of the, uh, three guys battling in the rotation. I mean, Austin Riley and Johan Camargo are, are both playing great. They're both showing they're deserving of being uh, on the roster, of being uh, the starting third baseman. But, you know, only one of them can play it at a, at a time. So Snickers got a, a pretty difficult decision to make there. So. Kyle, I'll go to you first on this. What are your thoughts on the, the third base battle, and who do you think deserves the job? Personally, I, this might be a controversial take here, but I think you have to find a way to play both of them at the same time. I would play Camargo at third base, and I would play Riley in left field, and I would just have Acuna play in center and have uh, Ozuna play in right. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's definitely a different take. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't heard that one yet. Um, as somebody who's a Enciarte supporter, uh, when, when you said that, I said there's no word. You started saying that. I thought there's no way they're putting Azuna on the bench. Uh, but you, you took my guy Enciarte out. But Listen, um, I, I have nothing against Ender. I love him. He's a great guy. I think he's a great player. But I just think that situation would be best for the team, definitely offensive-wise at the very least. No, and, and I mean, we could definitely see that happen. I think you hit on something, though, that I, I, I definitely agree with, and I've seen a lot of other people support that, is that you got to have Camargo and Riley on this roster. You know, I know what Snicker said. He wants them both to get every day at bats, but I'm sorry. that That's hogwash. If they're hitting like they're both hitting like they are in spring training right now, you got to find a way to keep both of them on the roster, and you got to find a way to get both of them in the lineup. So I do certainly agree with that. And, and like you said, you know, with Riley being able to play multiple positions, there's some lineup flexibility there um, in, in order to get, you know, both of them in and get them regular starts. 
Were any, did you want to elaborate that on that anymore, Kyle? I think Camargo, at this point at least, is a better defender at third base. And dude has a cannon for an arm, absolute rocket. Just watching him in more of strength spring training is so effortless for him. I feel like he's definitely the best defensive option at third. But I don't know. Long term, I think Riley is the play there. But for now, while you have the two of them like this, I think you have to try and play them both together. Yeah, like I, I wrote about the other day, we've seen what Riley can do when he's in a groove like he seems to be in now. Um, and it may not last. Who, who knows? And it may be nothing once you get into the regular season. This may just be, you know, meaningless spring spring training stats. But the bats I've seen, what I've read from from the beat writers who are there, I mean, it seems like he's doing everything right and, and is looking good. And, and if that's true, you know, we all know what kind of impact he can have in the lineup. James, what are your, your thoughts on the third base situation and, and who do you think should be there? Well, like everybody else, I'm, I think we're all in agreement that both of them have probably earned the right to start the year in Atlanta. I, I think a lot of people forget how it wasn't that long ago that Austin Riley was the big-time prospect in, in all of baseball. I would probably personally have Camargo start the year there. And unfortunately, the way this has all went down, it's looking more and more likely like Charlie Culberson, <laughs> less the Braves do, I like to move Duvall by chance. Um, so, yeah, I, I would... I know the idea of Camargo being a super utility has been brought up again. And whether you believe he was sulking with that last year out of shape, I don't know. He's certainly in shape now. So it's a good problem to have at the end of the day. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Since you brought up Charlie Culberson, I'll go to Fred next because I know uh, how much he loves him. But, you know, that's why that's why I think you keep Camargo and Riley because – Nobody else has really proven they're deserving of that final bench spot, you know, Cobleson included. So, uh, Fred, what are your, your thoughts on the third base, you know, situation well, and, and your, your buddy Charlie Culberson? Look, I, like, I love Charlie. He's a great guy to have around, but he offers nothing to the team that they don't already have. He doesn't hit well. 2018 was his career year. In spite of David O'Brien saying in the in the Athletic a couple of weeks ago he had a reputation as a strong defender at short, that's not true. He's never been a strong defender at short. They moved him to second base because he kept tripping over his own feet. He's a great guy because you can stick him out there for a few innings in different places, and he's not going to kill you, but he's not going to help you either. And the piece I wrote yesterday, I closed off saying, look, Riley has to stay up, Camargo has to stay up, and Snitker has to figure it out. Riley's got to play third base for me. And the reason is that's his future. He, that's where he belongs. That's where he's going to – that's where he's going to – that's his future in the game, third base. I know Camargo's probably a better defender, but, you know, uh, Riley's home runs are going to come when he's more comfortable playing a position he knows he's played a lot of, and that's third base. Camargo is going to be all right this year. He come. He was overweight last year. He played. People say, well, you know, he didn't get enough at bats, but he played in a in a group of games at the first start of the season, and never hit. It wasn't moving around. He had the job, and he just didn't hold it. And when that happened, he moved to the end of the bench and fell off out of sight. I think he's fit this year. If he does, he can be Martin Pro, Martin Prado for us. He can play. Any place you want to play him, he's not going to kill you anywhere. He's not great shortstop, um, but he he can he's not going to kill you anywhere he plays. He's going to hit line drives all over the field, and when he gets on base, if you think about having a lineup, first of all, Ozuna's not a four-hole hitter. 
uh, and this year he's not even an eight-hole hitter so far. But uh, that Riley's bat makes that lineup seven players deep. It, that's really scary with with Riley's bat in that lineup. With Culberson's bat on the bench, we're a player short, and that's that's just the long and the short of it. He's he's a nice guy. People like him around the clubhouse. Let's make him a coach, okay? But he's not. We're a player short if if if, if Culberson's on on the roster. And as far as Ozuna in right field, the only arm on the on the uh, he's got the only arm on the team that's weaker than Nick Markakis. He can't. He can't hardly throw up. The boy's got no arm at all. His shoulder was bad. He never had an arm when he was when he's when he's with the Marlins. Right field, they would run on him and run backwards, smiling at him while they're running on him. So he can't play right field. Uh, he's got to be in left where he can't hurt anybody, but he as much. And and he's just an awful defender anyway. So uh, boy, I wouldn't put him in a in the position where he's got to make a lot of difference for us. So if you're going to put him anywhere, put him in left. Riley's got the arm for right field. If you think you're going to play him in the outfield, that's where he's going to end up. But I just, uh, boy, I hate to, I'd hate to see him do that to him. I, I, I really prefer him at third base and, and move Camargo around, give him a, a game here and a game there and a game here, three games a week, four games a week if somebody gets hurt, and uh, uh, keep him keep him fresh and, and get him playing at bats. But I don't see how they send any either of them down. Uh, they both earned a spot, and they both ought to have one. Yeah, and uh, I certainly agree with that. And you know, talking about the outfield, I, I want to see Acuna in right, and I want to see him staying right. I, I've written several times. I think he can win a Gold Glove if he he sticks there. So it's I, his favorite I, spot too. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see him get a full season there and, and see what he can really do out there defensively. But um, Logan, what are your overall thoughts on Riley and Camargo? Um, you know, who do you think should win the job at third base? Looking at it as, I hate to say, filling the spot that Donaldson left, but we need that bat. Like we said, like somebody just said before, um, you know, Ozuna's not looking like our four-hole hitter right now, and Austin Riley's power bat is just too good. I mean, as we see it right now, to not put in that lineup, to have that offensive depth, and Johan has proven himself coming off the bench in previous seasons, I think he could be a great utility. He could play many more defensive positions than I believe Riley could play well. And like we mentioned, like injuries, anything like that, you have Johan, you have that dependability and that bat that he has now coming off the bench. But the way I see it, you have to start Riley at the beginning of the season. He needs to be that everyday third baseman and get that, get those at bats. Yeah, so Alan, we're pretty much all in agreement here. Do you want to be the one to uh, kind of break that up and say that one of them needs to go to AAA? No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> no, what I hear is that Johan Camargo is what we think Charlie Culberson is. He He's the guy with the bat. He's the guy with a glove. He's the guy with the arm. That's what everybody seems to think Charlie Culberson could do, and I don't think he – I'm with Fred. I don't think he can do that anymore. Yeah, he has his moments. He'll come up and uh, surprise everybody with a homer or, or a clutch hit somewhere along the way. That's great. That's not him every day. That's not him all the time. It, it's not something you can count on. I think you can count on it a bit more with Camargo. I would put Riley at third. He's a former pitcher. He's got the arm for the position or for the for right field if you really wanted to stick him there either. But I, I don't like Acuna in center field because I swear as glassy, efficient, and smooth as Ender Inciarte is in center field, you put Acuna out there and everything was like 
holding your breath to see if he would be making the right turn or get his glove at, in the right position for for the catches that he had to make out there sometimes. Yeah, he could make up for it with speed sometimes, but it was an adventure, and, and you kind of worry about that a little bit. I, I like Ender's glove out there. I like uh, Ronald Cooney in right field. I guess I'll tolerate Ozuna and left. And yeah, here's the thing I've noticed about Riley. Today's game, he had the last three at-bats. And by that point, everybody knew this was the last game of the Grapefruit League season. He went one for one with two walks. This is not a guy who was trying to, uh, to bolster his stats or bust one out just to make a statement at the end. He was His last two at-bats were walks. He took the pitches. He didn't strike out. He was patient. That sounds like an improvement to me. I didn't see the at-bats. I have only the stat sheet to go on, but he's been doing that kind of a thing. And yeah, he's got a spring OPS over over 1,000. I don't know that that's major league kind of quality pitching all the time. I don't know that he's been getting a lot of breaking balls, but it sounds like, looks like, he's got more patience at the bat. And if he could do that, if he can do that at all... He belongs in that fourth or fifth hole in the order. Yeah, I certainly, you know, agree with that. And I think Riley uh, has deserved it. And like I said, from everything I've heard, I, I think he's uh, he's going to win the job whenever we get to play in games again. Uh, before we kind of wrap things up here, I want to go back around uh, everyone individually one more time and just uh, kind of give me any other overall thoughts you have on the Braves and, you know, how you plan to fill this time until we um, actually get the season going. So, uh, Logan, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, any other thoughts that you wanted to share? Um, I was going to say look forward to a lot more articles, but I don't know what we're going to write about. So I guess we'll just have to see how the next few weeks go. Um see what we can find to write about. I'm hoping to find some, you know, good topics to put out for everybody, but um, it'll definitely be interesting to watch how this continues to unfold. Yeah, certainly uh, finding those, those topics over the next couple of weeks will be interesting. I, I think we'll have uh, plenty to write about. It just uh, may not be uh, what we're typically writing about this time of year, but yeah, trying to, trying to fill that, that void and we have plenty of time to write now. That's the one good thing. Now we just got to figure out what to write about. So, uh, James, any other overall thoughts on, on the Braves and, and this break that we're going to have? Well, it's not very good. <laughs> you know, it'd be okay if we had something else to fall back on, but as a sports junkie like me, there's absolutely nothing at this point. As far as the Braves, you know, Felix and Charlie and the players we've mentioned, they also have to beat out someone on the 40-man roster. They're not even on the 40-man roster. Now, I suppose that the Braves can take the easy way out and place a player or two in the 60-day D. Uh, I'm sorry, IL. That's just something else going against them. But uh, hopefully everybody stays safe, and I guess we'll all enjoy family time more now. Yeah, uh, and Kyle, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're a video game expert, but uh, I hear MLB The Show is coming out tomorrow, so maybe maybe you have that ability to, to simulate the season and at least get some sort of baseball action going on, but... Well, what do you you plan to do to fill this void? So actually, it uh, it comes out at midnight, so I will be on at midnight. I have nothing <laughs> better to do right now. But um, 
Honestly, I, I, I would tell you I was going to be studying during the void left by sports, but I don't have classes for the next two weeks. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I'm going to – I'll try and write a few articles in the downtime that I have, and I'll be playing a lot of it on Be The Show probably and working out. That will probably be my time. Yeah, it was pretty depressing tonight. I, I got sat down to, you know, turn on the TV and looking for some sports to watch, and there's just nothing. And I, I can't remember the last, you know, sports the last time. Sports showing golf highlights. Yeah, well, like I said, there was there was nothing. Yeah, uh, I've started <laughs> back on the Sopranos personally. Right. So we're all gonna have to find, you know, something to binge watch or something to, to feel the void. But uh, Fred, any last? Overall thoughts on the Braves and the suspension of the season? What I hope for is everybody comes back and gets healthy, and we hope the country takes preventive measures in stride, and we keep the keep the pandemic from spiking, keep it on sort of a low curve, and get it over in six or seven weeks. I, I want Hamels to come back healthy. I want all the players to come back healthy and have a fair shot at getting it back. I want MLB to do it smart and bring us out of the laps and it's a way that's smart and doesn't put the picture, pitchers in danger of getting uh, being injured or, or anything like that. Uh, one thing I want to say, and this is not Braves-related, I, I read about it today, and it comes up because I've been watching Trey Mancini for a while. Uh, Trey Mancini's 27 years old, and, last, and uh, two days ago he had a tumor removed from his colon that he discovered with a colonoscopy last week, a malignant tumor. And uh, just a reminder that you don't have to be old for that to happen. And for uh, Trey Mancini, he's the face of the Baltimore Orioles right now. And uh, I, I just hope that he gets, uh, gets everything he needs and gets back on his feet and gets well really quickly. Uh, but if you know, you're out there poo-pooing it because you're under 30 years old, I can tell you that uh, it's part of my business. I can tell you that it, it happens under 30 years old. It, it happens to kids. So get checked up, watch your health, take care of yourself, and, and a speedy recovery and prayers to Trey Mancini. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that as well. And definitely a scary situation for, for Trey Mancini. And hopefully um, you know, the, he, he can get back healthy and back out playing playing ball whenever we're we're ready to go again, but um, Alan, obviously a lot to to be decided, a lot of unknown, like we've talked about, and, and I think we'll be hearing more in the next couple of weeks. But you know, any other overall thoughts and, and anything before we get out of here? Well, first I want to thank everybody for joining us in this uh, cathartic therapy session that we've all been engaging in today, and in the loss of baseball and our reactions to it. The Braves really were doing well this spring. You can't count on spring training stats, but I'm I'm looking at the team stats for pitching right now, and, and Atlanta was tied for second, it looks like, in all of baseball in terms of pitcher ERA. And if you take out a couple of guys, they're probably number one. Because a lot of those uh, runs were being given up by guys at the end of games. So you, you, you can certainly point to the pitching and say it was stellar the, the way things were going. And it's really disappointing to see that uh, we're shut down and, and can't enjoy the fruits of that labor as we join a uh, regular season here in a couple of weeks, or we're going to. So I, I really like the direction the team was going. I really like the direction the hitting was going. I do believe that uh, Camargo and Riley were both going to make the team as, as we broke camp, and it's disappointing to see that stopped. But 
I guess we will all together look forward to whenever we do end up in a uh, regular season and hope that it's as much as we can get because these guys still have a lot of upside. Yeah, and like I said, you know, or like we've all been talking about, it's, it's just uncertain when we're going to when it's going to pick back up again, but uh, we know that it, it will eventually, and we know that taking care of the health of, of everybody is what's uh, most important here. So uh, like Alan said, I, I did want to thank everybody for jumping on uh, the podcast today. Uh, whenever we do our uh, fantasy baseball draft here in the future, uh, we'll try to do this all again and get as many people on here uh, as we can. Uh, do do enjoy having uh, other voices on, on here um, and hearing everybody's thoughts. Uh, and again, do appreciate you all jumping on here. So not sure when we'll, we'll do another podcast. Once we get more information, I'm sure we'll jump back on here and talk about uh, as much as we can talk about and try to try to give somebody or give everybody something to to listen to and look forward to. Uh, but like I said, we will have plenty of time to write. So make sure that you check out uh, TomahawkTake.com uh, for all of our articles. Uh, make sure that you uh, follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, and again, appreciate you all listening. Make sure that you subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks. Hi, my name is Alan, and I'm a baseball addict. So this 2020 therapy edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are strictly those of the participants. All rights reserved. Music used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 and features selections by Kevin McLeod entitled Autumn Day Still Pickin' Porch Swing Days Easy Lemon Hard Boiled and Break Time His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Thanks for listening, and may all your therapy sessions be at least as cheap and effective as this one was. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.